It's all about that inner work, developing the love for yourself and finding who you are. Because once you start to find who you are, then you start to develop the person you're supposed to be and be a better person for other people. And they respond differently to you. Knocking doors down host Jason here with you on this episode. I'm talking to Marcy Hopkins. Marcy's the author of chaos to clarity, seeing the signs and breaking the cycles. She is also an award-winning TV host and creator of the wake up with Marcy show, which airs on multiple television stations around the country. Marcy's book details her story of childhood sex sexual abuse that rolled into her adulthood, as well as alcoholism and finding sobriety. She's now seven years sober, and I really wanted to pick her brain on what works for her daily, and really, what was the rock-bottom point that brought her to realize and accept that she was an alcoholic, and how she's used that to fuel her life in helping others. Her book graphically shares the chain of events that took place throughout her life as well. She also wrote the book in a way that really can help anyone at any point in life, regardless of if they're facing addiction, a loved one is, or if you're just looking to improve your life and mindset in general. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. Please hit subscribe on whatever platform that you're enjoying on. Share these episodes with someone that you think might just need to hear some of the knowledge that the guests share here on the podcast in the conversations that we have. I've got to thank 5150. Check out all the swag, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all the gear that you want. 5150 is about having the power to overcome, to persevere, the power to set your life on a course to success. And right now, you can get 20% off when you go to 5150ltm.com. Use the code KDD20. That's KDD20. Check out all the swag, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all the gear that you want and get 20% off because we couldn't do knocking doors down without 5150. Marcy Hopkins, thanks for joining me on Knocking Doors Down. So excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, just to let people know, we uh, y- your folks uh, reached out the exact time I was looking to talk to you. So it was like kismet. We had to get a conversation in. Absolutely. We put it out there and, and we made it happen. So as someone that does a lot of their life, or at least has a big public persona, uh, as far as you know, your TV work, you've been doing it for, for quite a long time. Such a talented broadcaster. Um, were you trepidatious about putting out the book? I actually I was not um, because I've gone through a lot of healing mm-hmm. and writing my book actually helped me to heal even more so. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. I can talk about my story and um, all of the things that have happened. And it's kind of like that's something that happened to me. And it doesn't define who I am today. And I tell it with only the purpose to to never have anyone feel sorry for me or judge me. It's just about really helping others to to know that healing is possible. There's so much hope out there and a beautiful life is possible and waiting for you uh, if you you do the work and, and hopefully we can connect somewhere within my book. I love the way you laid out the book. You laid it out in five parts and part one chaos. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's most of it. And, and uh, I mean, 
I don't know about you, more long-term sobriety of me, but through this work here on the podcast, the, the nonprofit work I do, group stuff, I have yet to find anyone, especially alcoholics, that there isn't some sort of childhood trauma chaos that was yeah. going on in the house. Um, and how do you kind of reflect on, on what occurred, if you can give a little insight on, on Marcy's childhood? Well, uh, there was a lot of chaos. <laughs> 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 Listen, there was a lot of um, instability um, with my mother the first six years of my life. She had me at a very young age mm -hmm. and my father was not involved after the first year of my life. And uh, it was it was hard. But I just remember that I was just so full of love. I just loved everyone so much. And I just wanted like. I just wanted to just hold my family all the time. And then things started unraveling and abuse started from my mom's boyfriends. And I moved into my grandparents and, and there was, um, listen, there was a lot of chaos also that happened within my grandparents' house with my grandfather and his temper. And, and, and there was a lot of drinking there also, but it was the most stable upbringing that I could have had. And my grandmother was just my angel. And, and she, she instilled in me a lot of values and morals and, and, and um, just being a, a good woman. Yeah. Um, I lost that along the way, but I found it again. And I, and I'm, I'm thankful for them giving me the base uh, of my six to 12, one of six to 12 years I was with them. So I'm uh, meaning six years old to 12 years old. Yeah. I, I had a, um, someone reach out to me. They were asking about that reconciliation of, of childhood. Mm -hmm. How did you start to kind of see it as your advantage? And I was trying to explain to them, but I, I, I'm a terrible typer. It's like, Hey, let's do a FaceTime or something. Yeah. Talk this out. But I'm still kind of going through that that process of the reconciliation of childhood and looking at, oh, this, you know, it created who I am. Love yourself at every point. Yeah. What what kind of work did you do for yourself to find that within? Well, I will tell you the 12 step program did miracles for me. Yeah. Um, I really worked those steps and it was just when I started uh, recognizing my role in things mm -hmm. um, and, be, and beginning to recognize who Marcy is, finding myself again, finding the self-love that I had lost, moving into a place of gratitude um, and just really self-love that I had lost for, and, and it all started there. And, and then my connection to the divine and, so once I started uh, changing and, and really, I feel rewiring my brain and healing at a D DNA level, mm -hmm. starting to uh, release the uh, trauma within my, at my cellular level, yeah. I was able to start to do inner child work. And this was through um, healing meditations. Uh, I went to a place called Canyon Ranch in Arizona. And this was a phenomenal experience because I did a lot of 
self-help meditations. And one was connecting to my inner child. And so I literally was able within this meditation to find the younger Marcy, grab her and sit on a horse and run on the beach and and just tell her it's all going to be okay. And I'm here with you and I love you. And it just really, that's where the process started because it's all about that inner work developing the love for yourself and finding who you are because once you start to find who you are then you start to develop the person you're supposed to be and be a better person for other people and they respond differently to you thank you Uh, do you find through that work and i got a funny story how i kind of started to love the the little me so john claude van damme had a show on amazon called john claude van johnson uh-huh. And so his character's very abused. It, it it plays off of his acting persona. But the last episode, he has a vision of hugging his younger self and his little child tells him, I love you. And boy, Marcy, pardon the yeah. language, the fucking tears rolled. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, I finally got it to start that work. But how did you start to develop then the boundaries for yourself and protecting that inner child? Because that's a tough thing to do. And I'm still in that process. So I'm picking your brain to know what you yeah. did and maybe implement it. Well, it, it's really important. So, for instance, um, as I started this work and really diving into it, my husband was extremely supportive mm. and he started to evolve and grow with me. And I found my voice and was able to communicate my feelings because it's really hard if you can't communicate, uh, because if you're not communicating what your needs are and what you're going through and um, creating, like I said, those boundaries and boundaries aren't shutting people out. It's just, you know, saying, no, that doesn't work for me mm-hmm. um, it, and allowing them to respond to that. And if they're not responding well to that, then you, you got to like cut that out because you got to push yourself first. And it, and it, um, it really starts with that. You know, it's like the evolution of people around you and being able to communicate your needs and them responding and making sure that they respond in a way that works for you because it's not a selfish thing. It's just you trying to grow and be the best person for yourself and then for other people. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. I guess I can relate to you when you're talking about loving everyone. Uh, As a kid, it's hard then to go into adulthood and go, yeah, I just can't do that. Yeah, that's okay. And it is okay. But it was like it was like finding that 
that love that I had way back then and, and feeling it again. Mm-hmm. So I did have to, uh, it was a long road of misguided uh, examples of love, meaning um, when I became, uh, when I was in a situation and sexual abuse started, you know, I started seeing love as a very different thing and I didn't value myself. I would do whatever I thought to get a guy's attention and love. And I thought somehow that was filling what I needed. Um, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to receive love and I didn't really know what love looked like. So that um, when I, when I admitted my alcoholism to my husband, he embraced me. And at that time, I hated my husband I, I and he hated me basically <laughs> we're at a really, really bad place. But it was like when I just released everything and it was like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. When I finally spoke the truth, I need help and I'm an alcoholic and he embraced me. And that's when, um, you know, feeling that love around me really helped me. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you did something that, that really caught my eye with the book was, the way you laid out chapter six and seven, my first addiction, my second addiction. And mm-hmm. for me, why it stood out uh, was because we all seem substance abusers, addicts, whatever you want to call it, have something underlining the substance. It's n- not necessarily the substance. That's a small part of it, but it's a yeah. thinking problem that started before that. So yeah. why did you want to approach the book in that way? of really making that clear to, to, to the reader that, hey, there's something prior to this. Because I know for me, it was uh, a molestation experience as a kid and very early exposure to pornography. And yeah. it brought a lot of inferiority complexes for me throughout my life that I still work on and have to every day. Yeah, um, just going to the porn, my, um, my stepfather would watch porn and exposed me a bit to it. And I've still not been able to ever look or even be close to porn because it's just, you know, that's just one of those things. And I guess to me, you know, listen, whatever, everybody has their own thing. But for me, it, that's a, I guess I'll use the word trigger. It just, it just doesn't feel right. Right. It it, it led into something that was dirty and, and I know it doesn't have to be, but for me, it was, Um, but you know, when, when that sexual abuse started, uh, at first I, I moved into a victim mentality, right. And that's, and that's something that, um, it's a coping mechanism from the trauma, right. Um, the alcohol, uh, masked the pain. I escaped through alcohol. Um, then I became addicted to, um, I'll just say men and relationships because I constantly needed to be in a relationship, but yet I also had a cycle of, you know, trying to get in, you know, falling in love really fast. And then it was, a everything would escalate really fast. There would be a lot of fighting and and then became physical abuse. And then it was like me and my, my drinking would really escalate at that time. And then I'd go outside of the relationship to find what I wasn't getting in this relationship. So it was just a pattern. Yeah. Like I was 
constantly moving to the next person, trying to fill that void. Um, and then work. I was never, uh, I, I, I get antsy really fast. So I always had to move to a, another position. Um, if I was, you know, things started to deteriorate around me, I would move houses or I'd move apartments or I'd move roommates or I was just always changing. But another thing that happened to me in my very young years, my formative, year, formative years, is that I was moving every two years. So whether it was my family moving me or I'm moving to school, I was, there's net was never any roots right. that were, were formed for me. So people were replaceable to me. I, I never knew how to connect at a real deep level with people. Um, and, and that, that's why it also amazes me today through my healing. I love to talk to people. I love their stories and, and it's all I want now. And then and, and what I'm doing, creating this foundation for my family. So yeah. just giving them what I didn't have. And I had to learn, I had to learn these things. Yeah. And well, it shows that we can, we absolutely mm -hmm. can. I mean, you're not just a wife, you're not just a, a businesswoman doing that, but you're a mom too. And so you had to try to create this foundation for your own children. Yeah. But I, I feel like all these things, like, you know, me saying, um, you know, prior addictions, whether it was moving situations sure. or, or men, you know, these are all ways that we learn to cope mm -hmm. and, and try to manage these lives while we're broken. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I was, I was broken. And um, I, I, I thought a certain way that was not beneficial to myself or anyone around me, but it's all I knew. It's all like, yeah. that's how I wired my brain to deal with what I did. And, and, you know, people ask me, well, how did you keep a job and how did you keep rising up the ranks and, do, you know, finding, you know, life always looked good. And, you know, you're, you were drinking every day. How did you do that? And I think I just built the strength. I built the walls and I had to do it on my own and yeah. I was going to do it. And I didn't care. I didn't care really who it hurt. Sure. And, and the bottom line is it was me that was hurting. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Right. Yeah. 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 How did you climb up through your career? I, I, you know, I mean, I didn't work for too many different radio companies. Of course, I don't know about, about TV broadcasting, but radio is like par for the course. I remember my first programming director, Hey, we're going to the lodge and you know, like, well, we got to get on air. Oh no, it's fine. You can have five or six beers and then we'll get on air. It's like, really? You know, it was part of the culture. It, it was, was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I, I started at a company called Liberty Sports Communications in operations. So we created the logs for networks mm. and I was actually brought on in a contract basis. Um, and I, I proved myself, even though, my God, I think about times, like I go into work, I hadn't been sleeping. I probably reeked of alcohol. Like I was like this, I don't know, <laughs> time, you know, and I'm, I'm putting in information into the computer and, you know, these were the logs. This was what was being seen on TV. And here's this like young 20 something year old girl, like they'd been partying every night, but I just, 
I don't know. I, you know, this morning I said to myself, I said, can you imagine if I told my friend, can you imagine if I wasn't drinking how well I would have done? Because it was like, I was just, I was doing the job and I always tried to learn. I always tried to do my best all the while drinking. Um, but I, I just managed to, you know, I, I guess I just, I, 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 I always tried to learn outside of what I was doing. So it made me very, um, I guess, hireable because I didn't know just one facet of the business. I, I, would, I would make sure that I knew the whole picture. Yeah. And so it, it enabled me to move to different departments within the company and continue to get promoted. So I guess that, that's what helped me. Well, I think it's interesting because you talk about your childhood bouncing around a lot. And like you said, you were comfortable. It's weird that that would become an asset for your career. Um, You know, maybe in reflection, realizing that, that I'm okay moving here, here, here and here. And sometimes our survival skills of, oh, new school, I got to put on a new hat to get along, whatever it is. How then when you stopped the uh, victim mentality? What were the first processes for you? Were you just a 12-step hit a meeting person? I know it's an issue. Or did you go through a rehabilitation process too? I did not go to rehab. I did go straight to the 12-step program. But the 12-step program didn't work for me at first because I knew that I had a drinking problem. It wasn't because every night I was drinking I'd wake up in the middle of the night, you know, have that same story. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. Do the same thing tomorrow, right? I'd be looking up on the internet, like, what what ways can I help myself? You know, is it acupuncture? Is it hypnosis? I was trying to think of anything that I could do to not continue on my drinking path. Well, I went to AA because, or excuse me, uh, the 12-step program, because uh, I figured that's where I, Google always took me. So I finally decided to go to uh, some meetings and um, I started comparing myself. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not waking up drinking. I'm not this. I'm living a, my life is good outside of the fact that, uh, you know, I'm drinking almost a bottle of wine a night and it's affecting my, my, my home life. Sure. So I convinced my husband I'm not an alcoholic and um, I, I tapered my drinking. And then I started surrounding, surrounding myself with people that drank more than me. So I didn't <laughs> so bad, you know, and then, yeah. um, and then I like I, I got in front of the camera and I didn't get in front of the camera till I was almost 41 years old. Mm. So I always worked in the television business. I worked in operations. I went and then I went to programming and then I went to uh, and my work took me to Denver and then L.A. And then I'm uh, ultimately I ended up as the director of on air promotions for the FX network. Oh, wow. OK. I retired, had kids uh, into the married life, moved to New Jersey. And it was a few years after being in New Jersey and New York, not too far away, some things started happening in my life. And I was like, you know what? I want to go back after this lifelong dream of mine to be in front of the camera. And uh, so that started, things started happening for me, you know, put it out in the universe. And I guess it was supposed to happen. It was laying the foundation for, for what was happening, what's happening now. 
even though at that time it was one of my biggest struggles. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I just started drinking my liquid courage and it just got worse and worse and worse. And then boom, um, I proved myself really, really wrong. And the fact that I was an alcoholic. So with my, with my, uh, my rock bottom. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up. The, the, the uh, being around other people that drink more, see, it's, it's that good compare. See, I'm not as bad or, yeah. I don't know. For me, it was, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic, you, you know, I'm not the wake up guy on vacation or whatever day to have a drink, but I was definitely the guy that's like, I only remember buying a 12 pack of beer. How did another 30 pack get here? And it's almost empty, you know? So <laughs> yeah, I, um, I never went to sleep passed out or anything like that. I mean, I was, I was the mom that mm-hmm. drank my wine at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's a lot of moms out there that can relate to this. Um, I've also recognized now a lot later in my healing journey. Um, I'm 53 now. At that time, I started perimenopause. So this is also something uh, that creates a lot of hormonal imbalance. And I, I started going through a lot of struggles emotionally and, and with depression at that time. And that was another reason I believe now that my drinking started really elevating. Drinking was a daily thing for me. I will never say that that that, that I ever had time off, really, because that's what I was raised in. Everybody always drank around me. So that was very normal to me. But, you know, it was when it, it I, people ask, well, when do you know if it's a bad habit or if it's really a problem? Well, it's really a problem when you'd sit there and say, you have this beautiful life around you, but you've created all these problems around you. And you think you want to run away from it because you think you'll have a better life outside of it. The grass is greener on the other side, but it's when you start looking at yourself that you recognize that it's a lot to do with you and what you've created around you. Absolutely. you You have so much control really uh, of your circumstances in life. And I've learned that now. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. I think a lot of people believe that they are just a passenger on this thing and this life we get however long it goes by the grace of god or whatever higher power you believe in um but it's not we really can take control of the direction of our life uh without having uh, without having a little bit too much of a destination asphyxiation as opposed to hey except the journey is going to have some ebb and flows that may not go according to your plan yeah and you know what listen Alcoholism, these things are, these are diseases. So I I, I do want to make sure that everyone knows that this is not a disease. It's, it's not a choice, but 
if we do have the opportunity to, you know, let's say we finally have put down that drink and we start going through the process of healing from the disease that we'll always have, but what it becomes is reframing, rewiring our brains, you know, building that toolbox um, and, and just really changing uh, ourselves first. And then if we need to change the things around us, uh, it, it, it's vital to yeah. do that uh, for us to live a life and, and start the journey of joy that we're, we're meant to live. For my own curiosity, and I love picking people's habits, um, how do you start your day, frame yourself up good, protect Marcy uh, from Marcy, essentially? Yeah. You know, we, we have to. Some of that, those demons sit out there still. Meditation has been a really huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have used meditation in a lot of ways. Now, I know some people have specific people that they listen to or things that they do. I've always gone to YouTube and just searched uh, meditations that maybe will help me if I'm feeling down or if I want to be uplifted, if I want to connect to God, uh, if I wanted to, to connect to my spiritual angels. You know, there's there's so many meditations out there that have really helped me. And I gave myself that gift every day in my healing. I also would nap a lot because I believe that if you have surgery or you have something where you're having to heal from, sleep is the primary way that you heal. I believe us healing from the inside out, we need to do the same for ourselves. And I've I've always given myself that opportunity to do that. When I wake up in the morning, I never grab my phone except for to t- turn on a YouTube meditation or I found Abraham Hicks. Uh, that's been a huge, she's been huge for me in my um, transforming and rewiring the way I think about things. Um, and so I give myself that gift before I get out of bed. I actually do it through the night. Hmm. You know, a lot of times people say they don't have time to meditate. Well, stick an ear, you know, one of these earbuds in and turn something on and listen to it through the night and start restructuring your subconscious. You know, you don't have to, um, meditation becomes something that is easier. It's a muscle, just like we're working out and we can just find it in quiet. So I sit down with my cup of coffee after I've done that, I sit down and I, and I'm quiet. Mm-hmm. I take in the day a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that right now I'm at the beach. So I look out over the ocean or, but if I'm at home, I go outside, I listen to the birds or I look outside, you know, nature is huge in yeah. our healing and um, recognizing that. So I do that. Um, I get my body moving. It's really important to get your body moving. And I know when we're in these very depressed states, it's very hard to do that. But if you actually get yourself up, wash your face, maybe you have a little love fur baby there and take your dog on a walk. And maybe it's only five to 10 minutes that first day. But today I go and I take my dogs on a two mile walk and I listen to a podcast, uh, uh, Joe Dispenza, uh, 
Dispenza, right? Yep, he's um, great. I just found him and started listening to him. And I, I just feel like I'm growing. Do something to grow every day and get curious about yourself and find out about yourself. And whether you're helping somebody else, you know, you just got to help yourself first. And I think it just evolution every day in some way is is really important for your your healing. Absolutely. I I I tout that it's uh, recovery isn't just getting anything back. It's also a discovery. You get to really dig into who and what you are. And I found it really silly. My first sponsor goes, what did you love doing as a kid? And first thing I name is Legos. And then the uh, next thing I know in the mail is a Lego gift card. And now, now I have a new problem of, uh, you know, bookshelves full of Star Wars and race car Legos. But it helped me reconnect to that simple curiosity, yeah. getting busy, um, my girlfriend, it's funny. She'll, I'll be building some, are you okay? And it's like, I am just focused. And there's that thing about that ability to jump into a place of focus. That's not necessarily work. I, I, I you're probably like me, like work. I love what I do. I dig yeah. right in, but I need something outside of that too, that settles the mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe for you that, that is a little form of meditation for yourself. And, you know, it's so funny when you think about, oh, all my ideas come to me in the shower. Well, think about what you're doing. In your shower, you maybe, you know, you're able to quiet your mind a little bit. And then the ideas start pouring in. I mean, I don't know about you, but once I was able to um, start healing and I, I opened up my mind more on a spiritual level. I mean, I, you know, these 12 step programs are normally in churches and I would go into this little chapel and uh, I would pray to this one little sheep and I'd say, um, I want to, and then there was a stained glass uh, window of Jesus. And I was like, I, you, if you help me through this, Jesus, I'll be your shepherd forever. And Huh. And that's what I, and that's what life has become for me. And, and, and I just continue to grow in that in spiritual space, but it's just, you, you learn to quiet your mind and then that's when the downloads start coming. So that's why I'm saying like, if you're in the shower, you're taking a walk or, you know, there, there's times that we allow our downloads to happen. And I started getting those downloads and that's when I, I got the the bug about doing a talk show and I'm like, I've never done a talk show. I'm not a talk show host. Like, what are you talking about? And like it just that those nudges wouldn't go away. And I um I just I, I think it's so important that we listen to those because those are really our, our guidance uh to to the life we're supposed to live. Absolutely. Why did you what really then kicked into you getting active about doing waking up uh, with Marcy. So my first, my first talk show was called coffee with Marcy. Okay. And that was a social media talk show. I was going to get in a studio, but this, you know, this guy was all about money and everything. We just weren't seeing eye to eye. And that's when Facebook live was becoming really popular. So maybe that was, I don't know, five and a half, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've got my first guest. I've got the idea. I know the intention, the mission of what I want to do. Why don't I just go on this Facebook Live and start interviewing? And that's what I did. Um, And it just continued to grow. And it became a talk show about 
helping entrepreneurs and nonprofits in my community. Okay. It was about a year into that. And that was, you know, also my healing journey. And I was like, wow, I'm starting to live, live this amazing life. I want to give more. So I want to give back more. And that's when I launched Wake Up With Marcy. And uh, I went on, I, I went on a network called U2 America, uh, T-O-O. And I went national with this show. And it was about sharing stories of hardship and transformation to share hope. And that's where it's just evolved. And um, it's just been an amazing, uh, amazing experience for me. And I'm really sorry my dog is barking. <laughs> sorry, I know so I'm true. trying to ignore it, but it's really happening. <laughs> I know what that's like. Uh, of course, the book Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the cycle, uh, Cycles. You seem to have a really great, wonderful approach. And again, I love that you broke this down into different parts because it's not just really your story, but you did a good job of things within trinkets that people can take for themselves. Was that a conscious thing when you first started or did you just kind of find through it like, hey, I've got something and I've learned so many tools. Maybe somebody can extrapolate something from this for their own experience. Yeah, so everything that I do is with the viewer or reader uh, in mind Mm. Uh, to be able to learn something, to take a tool, to take a resource, to connect in some way, uh, because at the end of the day, the only reason I want to do this is to help somebody to move towards a better life. And I know it's possible because I've done it. I mean, the the accolades I've received, the things that I've been doing in my life and how it continues to happen and the trajectory of of what's happening for me. Um, You would have asked me seven years ago, I would have been like, I'm just trying to figure out where to go to lunch and have a glass of wine, (laughs) my body in shape, right? So, um, you know, I I also... um, I have a lot of um, spiritual leaders that I go to and um, spiritual, I, I, I seek guidance through others mm-hmm. and I want others to be able to have guidance through me. And um, so that, that's pretty much what it comes down to. All right. Well, Marcy, before we get to some random questions and I leave you with the uh, final thoughts, if people want to uh, know more about the book, purchase the book or uh, yeah, watch Wake Up with Marcy, how can they do that? Where can they connect with you at? So um, my book is on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, Goodreads.com um, and also my website, WakeUpWithMarcy.com. And um, my show is uh, in the tri-state area on WLNY TV. It's a CBS-owned network, and it's Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. I did just launch in Palm Springs and Idaho Falls, so I'm super excited about that. Um, So look for me there. Uh, Streaming, I'm on Fubio. Um, I'm on NJ on Air, which is out of New Jersey. Uh, YouTube TV and... um, what else? Uh, there's one other streaming. Um, if you just go on my website, wakeupwithmarcy.com, it's all right there. Um, as I said, it just 
it keeps evolving. I'm also, I, I also stream on a, a podcast because I know sometimes it's, it's hard to watch. Um, so that's where you can find uh, my book and um, my show. And, you know, I'm just so grateful to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, Marcy, some fun random questions. Are you ready? I'm uh, ready. Any pet peeves, things that irk you? Making excuses. <laughs> Covering your ass. <laughs> There's always a solution. Just own up to what's happened and let's move on. Figure out how to make it work. It's funny because I was one of those people. You would have been really annoyed with me years ago, but I find just simply going, you know what? I messed up and I apologize. People are like, oh, oh cool. it's cool. You're human. Yeah. No, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, if they were to make a movie about your book, who would you want to play you uh, as an adult? Nicole Kidman. Oh, I could see that. I love it. Like her. Uh, you're stuck on a deserted island. You have one music album and one movie with you. What are they? Oh, holy moly. Yeah, I'm trying to throw some challenges here. <laughs> oh, God. Well, um, anything by Adele. Okay. I love Adele. And movie. God, you give me any 90s movie, The Breakfast Club. Uh, sweet uh, 16 candles. Like I love anything with the brat pack. Yeah. Molly Wall rocked. Yeah, she did. She yeah. really did. I loved her. Jed Nelson. I still think that's one of the, in breakfast club, one of the greatest yeah. characters ever. It's such a yeah. talented guy. Yeah. Uh, um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Just to help people get this. Hmm. That's what I really, really want. I want people just to just shed the darkness and let the light through for themselves. And if I can do that, then I have a superpower. Marcy, if you have any um, words that you would like to share with the listener, be it if they themselves struggling with addiction, maybe a mental health disorder or that of a loved one, what, what would you want to share? It's not your fault. The past does not define you. Um, relapse is part of the struggle. Forgive yourself. And just believe that healing and a better life awaits you. Marcy, thank you so very much. Thank you. Here at Knocking Doors Down, we share the stories of people who overcome adversity. You know that already, but what you may not know is that our partners at the Carlos Vieira Foundation aim to help people who struggle with their own adversities as well. The Carlos Vieira Foundation helps those in need through their race for autism, race to be drug free, and race to end the stigma campaigns. You can also choose the Carlos Vieira Foundation as your charitable organization on Amazon Smile to contribute as well. To learn more and support these causes, check out all the info at carlosvierafoundation.org. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.
Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.